And okay, we are recording. Welcome everybody to Sharpen.x, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. We are on episode 24. 24, John. Holy cow. Holy cow. We yeah. have to stop being so amazed every week at how, how many episodes we've done. It's still happening. <laughs> yes, it's still happening. That's part of the amazing thing is it's still here. We're still doing this. It and is. it's not going away. Yes. And we, <laughs> no matter what our parents say, it's not going away. Uh, I'm pretty sure we've like, maybe I think we've missed one or two weeks. So I think we're probably about the six month mark, which is bad. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe a bit over that. Well, let's see. We started in March, I think. Yeah. So, so yeah, we are, we are over. Over the six month mark. Oh God. Six month mark. Yeah, absolutely. So God, it's, it's all flying so fast. John, you're back in Colorado. Your eye is healing up pretty well. Yes, exactly. So the rugby injury is lessening as it well, uh, as it were, as it well. It is but a scratch now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's cloudy again. I don't know what it is about recording, but you seem to bring the Irish weather with you via the internet, I guess. However that's that that's, that's how I that's how I work, John. Yes. Uh, you've been recording Twitch lessons, and you've been doing yeah, some stuff for your yeah, for your company. We've been, we've been doing some Twitch streaming stuff. Thanks for the the shameless promotion there. So uh, to, check us do out on Twitch. We are at not us sharpen that axe, though we will be. Uh, we will. Yeah, we're just trying to figure out what that looks like. But currently, I'm doing stuff on Twitch with. Silver Sound Guitar. So for those of you also gaming nerds, um, check out Silver Sound Guitar. It's all one word, just right there on Twitch. Um, I do Mondays, Thursdays, and most Saturdays. So come hang out. Oh, John, I might check that out. Yeah, please do. In fact, I would love to have you come on and just like ask nerd questions. So that would be good. God, I'm so good at that. Yay, um, that's why we do this. So... And what about you? You, uh, I think you're you're planning, or have you, or are you already doing the hideaway in the seclusion? I'm John. I'm actually there already. I'm surprised that you can't hear my band downstairs making noise. Ah. Um, we are currently holed up in my grandma's house in Cratlow, County Clare, Ireland, uh, where we have been putting together songs for Stephen Sharp's second album, working title, Shut Up Till Dylan Volume 2, The Eyebrows Strike Back. Um, so, I, I'll admit I, I named it. Uh, if you want to see how we're getting on, you can follow Stephen Sharp on Instagram or you can follow me on Instagram. And we have hilarious videos there of how we've been getting on. But yeah, we've got, uh, we've been working with a list of 10 tracks to work on and we've already gotten to like seven of them in the last wow. 18 hours, just basically working on parts. Uh, we've basically just been given songs and we've played through them maybe each about half a dozen times and we're, we're happy so we've got an evening left of work to do and then we're gonna get pizza and drink some cans and but yeah very productive period no kidding this is amazing yeah it's 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 good fun it's very uh red hot chili peppers blood sugar sex magic except it's uh my grandma's house and she keeps on coming and offering us ice cream so you know it's it's you know She's just uh, happy I'm to be hosted. Ice cream and not tea and biscuits. So. I know the tea and biscuits were earlier. <laughs> uh, it's the it's the it's it's half five now. That we're moving on to the hard stuff. So <laughs> moving on to the hard stuff. Yeah, <laughs> ice cream. Yes, the hardest of stuff. 
So we are going to have a listen to your choice for Lick of the Week. Um, now, you asked me earlier for submitting your Lick of the Week if you could do a Tom Petty song. If you had to pick a Tom Petty, may he rest in peace, Lick to... Are, were you much of a Tom Petty fan? Um, yes. And, and here's why. So I'll tell you why. So I wasn't necessarily the type who would own all of his records. I no. own three of them. One of them is a greatest hits. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. But that said, like, I, I think what Tom Petty really was, there's, there's a great article. I sent this to you. Uh, yeah, I haven't read it yet, but a couple years ago um, about Tom Petty as a band leader. So the thing, one of his strengths was not necessarily just sort of being a songwriter and having people come in behind him, but he would be able to pull together the band and sort of pull the best out of his band. Like his drummer, Stan Lynch is one of the best like rock drummers out there. Cool. Um, for example, but he would be able to kind of get the best out of each band member and really pull the whole song together. So it becomes a band experience. And that's kind of why it's Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Like it's that band was the same through the beginning all the way to, I think, 93, 94 when cool. left. So, you know, a good 15, 20 years of pretty much non-changing personnel. So there's something about his personality where he has the drive to make the project happen. And, and write, I think he, he was a great writer in the sense he could write really great hooks. And the music that would accompany that always came together really well. Uh, one of my favorites, of course, is Running Down a Dream. I love that song. I yeah. play that in many cover bands, and I really enjoy it. Uh, it's a nice, great riff. Mm-hmm. Mm, really, really good. I wouldn't I know- say, like, riff-based, but... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's that's kind of a thing. More, he's more going for the singer songwriter mm. with a rock band sort of thing. My favorite. I don't know a lot of Tom Petty. I know Tom Petty for actually two things away from the Heartbreakers. One is I know that he did all the guitar on all the later Johnny Cash sessions. Yep, you know, like which is really impressive. Like you know, Hirsch, that's him, and you know, which is really really cool, really simple stuff and i also know him as doing a fantastic cameo in an episode of the simpsons where homer goes to rock and roll fantasy camp and <laughs> tom petty's there and he's talking about like you know the, the the beauty of songwriting and they're all just like shouting at him to like play hard rock and he's like so you just want generic middle of the road rock and they'll go yeah yeah and then he starts singing about uh you see that girl over there she's worried about the state of public schools and they're like, <laughs> it's just great. She likes to party. She likes to rock. She hopes those schools don't run out of stuff. It's one of my favorite cameos ever. It's just because he's completely subverting what people think he is. So anyway, your lick of the week. I'm going to listen now. Okay, I have like five people it could possibly be. So give I'm gonna guess three people, and you've got to tell me. Okay, All right. Okay, my first one is Andy McKee. No. Uh, Michael Hedges. No. Though Hedges has been a good guess. I think a better one than Andy McKee, but Preston Reed. 
Ooh, an even better guess. It's Antoine Dufour. Oh, very close. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, a much beloved guitarist of our good friend Mario Callahan, a uh, friend of the show. Uh, yeah, cool. Why did you pick this? What is the song? Uh, this is 30 Minutes in London. Uh, this is off his Existence album, which is a few years back now, to be honest. But uh, it's, I think it's a really memorable riff, that first one, and then they, the opening there that he kind of jumps into. But he's, I think one of the things that stands out about his style is just the, uh, the percussiveness of the strings. So he's not, yeah. he's not a John really hear that there. type, you know, drummer on the guitar. Uh, but that said, he's really great at just using the strings themselves as a percussive element in it. And also his use of harmonics, I think that's a big feature of his as well. But he's just a fantastic guitar player, fantastic um, person. So I had the occasion to meet him once and actually uh, he was dropping names. Classic, yeah, exactly. classic yeah. <laughs> He, he was playing a concert with Andy McKee. So it was him, Andy McKee, and Don Ross. And they all were kind of hanging out afterwards. Meeting. Sweet. So, um, and yeah, Don Ross, by the way, is enormous. Like the guy is six foot five and looks like a bear. So Yeah, he's a big guy. I, I recently heard his song. I, I didn't know any Don Ross songs and I heard the song, Michael, Michael, Michael. Yep. And it's one of the best fingerstyle songs I've ever heard. I, I love it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Friends, if you don't know that, check check that out. Yeah. So our uh, our main topic for today, John, is something that you were kind of we, we did a lot of. It, oh, this is our pedal talk, right? right. Our main topic is, is an interview. Our pedal talk. Good God, we're running behind schedule. Pedal talk this week <laughs> is on the fantastic pedal that is the loop pedal. Um. So, John, I I'll I'll start us off. Basically, I saw a video a few weeks ago called "The One Guitar Pedal Every Bedroom Guitarist Should Have," and it was by Philip McKnight. Oh, I've talked about it numerous times. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the, the loop pedal and he says why every bedroom guitarist should have it. And he makes a really compelling argument. And it kind of makes me like, because I sold my loop pedal about a year ago and I really regretted doing it having watched the video. I was like, yeah, it is a really, really great pedal to have. And have you ever owned one, John? No. 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 I, I, I borrowed one for an extensive period of time. But um, you know, it was good like six months or something like that. that but counts. I actually owned um because a lot of times i'll just i'll throw something into logic and just go from there so it's not quite the same but no but i yeah i can see the, lo- the i can see the logic, logic. behind it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no i got a i was very into slap guitar for a while and i was really interested to see if i could combine it with looping so i bought a boss rc1 in college uh the old version and the one that had a built-in drummer that was really, really loud. Yeah. just, oh God, I don't, I don't need that. Uh, but it was, it was really, really good, but it was so ruthless in pointing how bad my actual sense of rhythm was. Um, oh, really? Explain. Yeah. Just because you need to, like, your clicking and everything on the pedal has to be so dead on for it to work. And okay. yeah. I, on that. Like, how, how do you mean? So basically, if you're playing, uh, say if you're playing a chord, you're doing one, two, three, four, and then you want to loop that, you have to press the pedal when you start on the one perfectly and then finish it. One, two, three, four. And uh, one, two, three, four. And then click on the one again. Oh, he's like, 
See, I'm even bad. I'm even bad at explaining it. <laughs> uh, but it's 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 such a hard thing because you've no one. You you're the one keeping your own time. You're not relying on a drummer or anything like that. And right. there's nothing worse than making a loop like three or four loops on the same track and one of them being a bit off and having to go back to square one especially during a live performance it's, yeah i remember seeing a girl before uh, i'm not gonna say who she is she's kind of doing quite well now but she i saw her supporting the Lemonheads of all bands and uh she every song that she did was using a looping pedal and she had to start each song repeatedly about three or four times and it completely took the crowd out of the experience. Just, yeah, it's, it's, it's merciless. But why is looping pedal important, you may ask? Indeed, I do. Indeed, you Okay, very good. So I've got a few reasons here why I think that the looping pedal is important. Firstly, it helps you to understand, firstly, your rhythm. Secondly, uh, another reason why I'd say is, is that you can use it for, well, first of all, you can use it for different instruments. So, for example, you can use it run a bass through it. You can run a mandolin through it. Uh, vocals are a very popular thing. But for a guitar, basically, you can even add solos to your playing. I've done this before, where you can play a chord progression, you can be singing a song, and then you need to take an instrumental break, but there's just you. You can loop your chords, and then you can play over that. It's a really great way of figuring out. Uh, Jens Larson, friend of the show, recently put out a video on why you should never practice with backing tracks. Right. Uh, uh, it's uh, basically because you're not learning anything about your own rhythm. Mm. Uh, he says that a lot of those backing tracks are a little bit off when it comes to tempo-wise. Also, there's no sense of feel. So looping pedals would be able to be able to make your own chord progressions and keeping your own time and then put your own solos in afterwards. So yeah, you basically, you're your own drummer, you're your own backing band, you can do anything, but it all is a merciless way of improving your own sense of timing. I think in that respect too, it, it helps you to, to work on your own compositional skills. Hugely. You, you, can, you can think about your chords differently. One of the things I've talked about on the Twitch lessons and with a lot of students recently has just been two and three note chords. We've talked about it here on the show. Yeah. Just how those kind of stand, uh, they, they don't get in the way as much when you're using a looping pedal. But it makes you think about your fretboard differently. And then beyond that, you can begin to think about different chord progressions. And then how do you, say, improvise or solo over that? And like you said, working on your timing as well. So I think that's a little, I think Jens makes a great point. I think there is a little bit of controversy there because it can be really useful just to have a backing track, to pull it up and play. But at the same time, I think he makes a really good point. So. Absolutely. There's there's a there's a real sense of even if you just like you have it you you loop a certain section of a solo, you're basically forcing your brain if you want to harmonize over that, because you know it's going to come around every you know four bars or whatever. Uh, it's great. Just to, there's nothing better than looping doing the whole Queen thing of creating this wall of sound through harmony. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not the biggest Queen fan in the world, as we all know, but it is fun. There is a lot of fun to that of creating this. <laughs> Let's not put down that road. Well, you can think of it as Iron Maiden instead. How about that? Let's let's just let's just go. <laughs> let's just go with that. Uh, for the loop pedal, there's a few different versions. So I said the RC one, which is uh, a very popular inner model, but there's also the Boss RC uh, RC thirty is a big one, mm -hmm. uh, very popular. Uh, you'd see a lot of buskers using this. It's uh, it's got three hours of recording time. It's got 
99 onboard memory phases for state for storing loops uh, it's got the two pedals so you can run two loops at the same time and uh, a volume control for each track so you can basically well, balance out your tracks so which you is can really, really good. different loops in there as well right you can yeah. have different points in the in your song for example yeah there's just so much that can go wrong <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah i just it takes so much practice just to get it right it's a very unforgiving pedal but it's so rewarding when you get it right very nice uh my co-owner over at silver sound guitar mark has the rc 300 which is the huge starship enterprise yeah, style <laughs> exactly uh version. takes up half the stage it's uh i don't know what is it five five pedals or something to that effect five patches yeah it's, it's yeah. ridiculous yeah it's it's beyond my comprehension of everything that it can do so that that's boss i think is one of the big ones that's known for this but there's definitely a few yeah, others cool. like uh more for example which we've talked about in the past on our like affordable pedal boards that's it's just a simple on off switch and you can get a used one for under a hundred, most of them, like a used one, I think is about 60 or 70 bucks. That's not that bad. The ditto as well is always a, a really good, it's a nice simple one. It's just one click. That's right. Who's that by again? That's TC. And oh, uh, okay. Paul Gilbert does a really cool video demonstrating it. Very nice. If, uh, if I was to buy like, cause it's so small as well. The boss ones are quite chunky. You could, I yeah. think a ditto on it would be a nice addition to any board just to have there. Yeah, I think so. How much does the Ditto usually run? Ditto's about a hundred. Yeah, maybe about a hundred. Okay. To be safe. Yeah. You know, they also, new. I think the Ditto's. I mean, like the Ditto's. You can also have. You know, there's like the four patch ones. They're kind of like the flashback. You can buy the two, or then you can buy the four. Right. Uh, they they keep on getting bigger. You know, you can buy the the Pokemon Evolution. <laughs> I suppose if you really wanted to, you could go with a Joyo one as well. I don't know if the Joyos are any cheaper. To be honest, I think probably. In the same yeah. ballpark. Yeah, I think 60 to 100, you can get yourself a decent little looper pedal and just get started on something. Usually, yeah. and yeah, I, I recommend to everyone to check out that video by Philip McKnight. He makes a really good argument for, uh, as we have just done, for why, why loop pedals are important. Yeah, I think so. So I've, I've been thinking about it myself. I need to actually get one on my board again, um, if for no other reason than just practicing or doing the little on off, you know, let, let your delay ring out forever. Kind yeah. of, thing. you know what I mean? I recently saw a, uh, Smith's tribute band and the guitar player had, uh, the, you know, the, uh, that yeah. lick from, uh, how soon is now he had that stored on a looping pedal. So he would just play the, the tremolo effect on his guitar and then just like click that whenever he wanted that sound bite in uh, as like a little sample. It was really cool. Um, yeah. So friends, for our main topic of our, our podcast episode today, John, you interviewed Yvette Young. Yes. The one and only. The one and only. If you guys are not familiar with who she is, you definitely need to check her out. A fantastic guitarist, also plays violin, does piano like multi-instrumentalist and she's amazing at fecking all of it so yeah, she illustrates as well like she's like an artist yeah yeah disgustingly she, talented yeah absolutely absolutely and uh she's got a tour coming up in the uk she talks a little bit about that bunch of dates i think she's there with chon 
and she's doing her solo acoustic stuff. So fantastic electric guitar player with her band Covet, and then fantastic acoustic solo stuff. She did a appearance on, I think it was the last Scale the Summit album. Uh, and then she's also done some stuff with, she's, she's collaborating with everybody. So we mentioned the archeologist on there, Kyle Schaefer's project. He's another guitar player in San Jose. She's all over the map. She's, yeah, she's exactly. So she is one of the like most prolific uh, working musicians out there at the moment, just hustle. And it's fantastic. Great personality, great to hang out with. And yeah, so- John, what, having listened to the interview, what, what sickened me the most was she's so funny and she's got such a person. <laughs> I'm like, you're not allowed to be that nice and, and cool when you're that talented. I know, be a bit I of know. a dick. But no, she wasn't <laughs> a dick at all. Not ourselves, right? So, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, here's the interview. Hope you guys enjoy it. and We'll talk to you after. Yeah. All right, so that young. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being here. Um, thanks for coming. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how could I not? You're in Denver-ish area currently recording for Jamplay, right? Yeah, I just finished the last session today. Okay, how was that? It's awesome. Um, definitely a new experience for me. I've never had to write up a lesson plan for guitar before, so it really forced me to confront my own process. And I think I grew a lot as a teacher and also as a player because I now understand like my own process and how I think through things and how I even approach songwriting and all that stuff, which I think used to just be like a passive thing for me, but now I have to like learn how to explain it. Um, yeah, it was a really rewarding experience, really nice guys, nice that, environment. That's interesting. So when you're talking about having to think through your songwriting process now how has that changed can you go into a little more detail about how you write songs um i guess like um i basically just try and try and try until something happens but um i guess i had to tell people about my process and um part of it was like i did a whole lesson on getting over writer's block and um how to approach just writing something from scratch Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess some of the tips I said in that lesson were basically if you can't do it on one instrument, if you happen to play another instrument, you can try it on that instrument, like instrument hop. Right. Um, if inspiration doesn't strike, you can also like um, write something very simple and then build on it. I think a lot of people try to run before they can walk and they try to write something that's like really technically complex because they really care about that. I guess, but sometimes I think like really simple stuff is more compelling anyway. So yeah, you can always um, embellish later, but it's hard to start if like you're trying to tackle like something really daunting. Sure, sure. I think uh, it's interesting that you bring up this idea of using another instrument and even, I think even being able to sing something. Yeah, I've definitely, I did, um, part of one of the lessons was I, I sang a melody that I thought of one day in like the shower and then I like showed how I turned that into like a really simple guitar line and then I like embellished that guitar line later to make it into a song, so. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And just being able to translate that onto your instrument, this, the, the idea of phrasing, I think. Yeah. Is- I think when you write with your voice, whatever comes out is more natural anyway. Like it flows just like human speech. So you end up writing something that sounds really organic rather than like, I like, not to say this is like an invalid way of writing, but right. it's like I just p- pressed random notes on Guitar Pro and like <laughs> came up with this and now I'm going to learn how to play. <laughs> it's valid. It's valid. It's beep, just, boop, beep. sometimes it sounds a little schizophrenic. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, it, Neely Brosh was on the podcast just recently, mm. and uh, she kind of she said exactly the same thing. Just being able to sort of sing it back, and then yeah. being able to and thinking of it as a sentence or a conversation. Exactly. And um, that, music is like a language, after all. So. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not even sure it's like a language. I, I think it is a language, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if we're gonna talk semantics, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Way to be a dick, John. Jeez. Can I can I say that word? Can I say? Can I swear? Uh. Yeah. If it's bad, we'll bleep it out. How's Should've that? Should have said dingus. <laughs> that would have been better, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, 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 I'm totally off track. Okay. Sorry, I have a tendency to do that. At any rate, so. Uh, in terms of your composition methods, uh, you you do you, you do play very technical guitar. That is one of the things you're you're kind of known for. Um, how much does that inform what you do in terms of being a technical guitarist? I think, um, I mean, I grew up playing classical music, and what really really stands out to me about like classical music is just it's well composed, it's really thought out, it's intentional. Um, I don't. I'm not saying all music should be intentional or thought out. I think the like jams are valid. Improv is super valid. I wish I was better at improv, but I do come <laughs> from a classical world, and I love how everything is like thought out and purposeful. Um, and I think for my own music. Oh, and I also really admire how a lot of classical music, in particular romantic era music, is really dynamic, and it feels like it's like telling a story, and it flows really well. I admire a lot of classical composers like um, Debussy and um, Ravel and Tchaikovsky, all of that. Um, right. I really do like their work. So I think in my own playing, I just really want it to be memorable. I want it to flow right, and I want it to be emotional. Um, mm-hmm. For me, my favorite kind of music is emotional music, um, something where you can close your eyes and like picture something going on while you listen to it. So I, that's my Very goal. Very cinematic. Yeah, cinematic yeah. stuff, like soundtrack stuff. Um, I think a byproduct of my OCD detail-oriented mind is just I end up writing really complex things because um, I really like analyzing stuff and I kind of like, I don't know, I focus on like little areas too much and I end up filling it all up. Um, One of the things I'm working on is space. That's a concept I really enjoy, like a nice pause. I'm having more space in my composition because then you create more contrast. And I think Mm. it's like way more interesting than just having something be a constant flurry of 16th notes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And you've um, talked about dynamics in the past too. I love dynamics. It's missing from a lot of um, modern guitar music, I think. Yeah, I don't know, prog, gent, whatever. Yeah, I think some people are really good at it though. but yeah, I guess I would compare my writing on guitar to how I approach drawings, like just really detail oriented and fixated on like little mark making. Um, yeah, for me, it's just how my mind works. <laughs> right. So. so so the complexity is definitely part of how you think about your composition. It's but... not a goal. I'd say it's like um, it's more of like a byproduct rather than like the end goal. Right. And yeah. so in that sense, like technique is more of a tool than a means to an end exactly i in my lesson i also talk about how like i'm like well you learned all these guitar techniques i taught you it doesn't matter it's useless i'm just kidding just forget it all man doesn't matter <laughs> you're gonna die <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> we literally it's, were like joking so bleak. Oh. we were gonna joke like after at the last lesson i was be like well none of this matters you're still in your mom's basement uh it doesn't really matter <laughs> you know whatever <laughs> who cares <laughs> 
<laughs> nah. Um, yeah, one of the lessons I did was on, like, the purpose of learning technical things. I think, like, the more skills and technique you have, like, the wider toolkit you have for songwriting if i were to use the analogy like technique is like having different tools to make a drawing or make a piece of art like mm, yeah that makes the more, sense. of course you'd want more tools because then you can translate what's in your head way more accurately and you can i don't know you just kind of open up your playground a lot more <laughs> right but you you don't necessarily want to throw impressionism and expressionism into sort of like one sorry that was like super art nerd oh no thing. It's, it's cool <laughs> this, this show is for guitar nerds not art nerds anyway all nerds all nerds we don't discriminate bring bring on the nerds is that a thing does that does that happen like yeah i guess i don't know this kind of thing attracts certain nerds nerds i'm a yeah. nerd you're a nerd yeah right that's yeah. why we're here i'm wearing a uh geology shirt at the moment i think that qualifies as nerd um judging from across the table good <laughs> Some, somebody has to right <laughs> anyway but i know I, I i love the idea of uh of being able to to use certain techniques but you don't necessarily want to throw everything into just one basket yeah um it's not showing off right like i guess that's i mean it is and it isn't it is it is and some people like to be impressed other people just want to you know um feel something can I be honest? I want a little bit of both. Relatable. Is that wrong? Yeah, no, you can, you can want, I, you know, I think people listen to music for different reasons. Yeah. Everything is valid. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, sometimes if you throw too much in there, it just ends up muddy and confused sounding. Yeah, so, or absolutely. Or confused looking. Absolutely. Um, kind of curious too, like in terms of your own, in your own practice or your own, uh, discipline let's call it that uh what is what does your guitar practice look like <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, does it i mean well, does it mainly consist okay. of of composition i, I have or a dirty it... dirty confession um i use instagram videos to incentivize practicing um, oh okay so basically Explain. basically i'm i'm really busy i don't have time to like sit down every day and do like 30 hours of practice <laughs> <laughs> right wait there's an hour is 24 a day is 24 hours and if i were to practice 30 hours that would be more than one day so that's impossible well um, you could you could do it without sleeping i suppose you just be like straight through true again like that steve Vai article yeah I, that's what i was referencing i, I i'm uh, not sure he's human anyway so maybe that's how he manages it maybe um he's on a different clock than all of us right um yeah i guess i, I don't really have much time so sometimes like I want to write a riff, like, I'll sit down and I'll just crank one out. I'll, like, f literally force myself to write something, and usually I can muster something up. And um, if I'm really excited about it, I want to make a video of it. And then to get the video tight, I have to practice it. So sometimes I'll literally sit there for six hours straight just playing the same thing over and over again. Like, I think a lot of people have this idea that, like, I don't know, like, people who post guitar videos on Instagram are, like, prodigies, and they just, like, basically shit, like, virtuosity and, yeah <laughs> and they never mess up like that's definitely not true at least i'm speaking for myself that's not true right. i'm quite um mediocre and i struggle a lot and i think that i just spend a lot of time doing one thing and if you spend a lot of time doing one thing you get really good at it so i, I think that's good i think that, and i think that's good advice too because there is definitely that perception that if you're posting a, a video on Instagram, then you're obviously just amazing. Yeah. And this just comes out of your fingers, like, out of nowhere. I made a joke. I was like, they should make something called Honestgram, where it's, like, <laughs> me just, like, eating stale Doritos in bed. And then, like, also just a video of me, like, fucking up for, like, five hours, playing just, the most simple thing. 
Oh my god. Like quick tangent, um one of my lessons was playing a scale, like a finger pick scale, and that ended up taking I kid you not like 18 minutes for me to get. Like for oh. some reason I just could not play this one scale. <laughs> it was like a Jeez. D major scale in open tuning and then the guy was like, "Uh, like this is like the beginning of the lesson, so I'm pretty sure he was like, "Can you even what play guitar?" What have we done? <laughs> He's like, "Why no. did we ask you to come?" <laughs> and I redeemed myself, but like that was really mortifying. I just oh. kept on like overthinking and like second guessing myself. So I specifically remember I was in, in I was in a classical guitar lesson and my teacher like totally started berating me, like because I couldn't play. It, it was like an E melodic minor scale or oh something like that. It, it, that. Holy cow! That kind of teaching never works. Like to well, needless to say, I didn't take lessons with him too much longer. But, yeah, and he, he he also lost a whole bunch of other students. And I won't name who he is. Okay, but he that's doesn't good. he doesn't do as you can much teaching it to anymore. Me in, uh, Morse. In, in Morse code? <laughs> yeah. I, wow, you know more Morse code than I do. I don't know. See, she, she, you really do gent. You must. <laughs> like, yeah, if you Morse code is I basically gent. Samuel Morse, Morse was gent before gent was gent. I don't know Norse code. I don't know horse code. Horse code? I don't know. You haven't, you haven't learned a code for horses yet? No. Oh, jeez. Or for Norse people. Oh, well, that's, that's understandable. They've got, like, the weird alphabet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, horses, like, come on, it's a hoof. Did, have you ever watched BoJack Horseman? No. Oh. What is that? Oh. Uh. Tangent aside. Tangent aside. Guitar, guitar. Where are we? Great. Horses. Yeah, anyway. No, actually, excellent music in the BoJack Horseman show, but oh. um, not actually the BoJack Horseman show. That's a whole inside joke. Anyway, go watch BoJack Horseman. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, take a note. Take a note. We can edit this out. <laughs> So, um, yeah. Now, 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 I actually am totally derailed. I am. I am <laughs> going to edit a huge chunk of this out now because I don't remember what I was talking. Oh yeah, incentivize practicing with Instagram. That's where we were. Right. Um, so so we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll draw. We'll draw a nice little circle around that. So we'll, yeah, we'll I, I practice. The best way to practice is to just practice. Well, I do actually a lesson on efficient practicing. And, oh, good. Um, yeah, one of my lessons in my little package thing is like talking about how you can be, you can practice and like actually make yourself worse. <laughs> like, right. it seems like counterproductive, but if you practice something at like a speed that you're not ready to play and you just do that a billion times, basically you're training yourself to be really sloppy. Um, mm -hmm. Back in classical days, I'd have to memorize like 30 pages of music, uh, like probably an hour, an hour concerto or something. And like, if I were to bullshit and like half-ass through everything, I would have like not been actually able to grasp it. Right. So what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to chunk something into like mm -hmm. um, little pieces, learn little pieces, and then like learn them in sequence and out of sequence so that you can literally start from any point. Yeah. Um, and that's true mastery of the subject. And then from there, you have to practice it at a speed, like really slow, and then you will work your, work your way up to, to like a normal or faster speed. And then go back to playing at a slow speed. And that's how you test if you've mastered it. That's excellent. Yeah. So everyone that's been listening to this podcast, isn't Dylan and <laughs> I haven't just been bullshitting you the whole time. Like, seriously. So this is, uh, Neely Brosh said exactly the same thing yeah. as well. 
you know, and we've talked to uh, both Trey Grady and Jens Larson and a few other people who've just been like, hey, you know, the the best way to learn something is play it slow. Play it so slow. Like, I remember I was able to do my playthrough video in, like, two takes, and then, like, I had to do an instructional version of it where Mm -hmm. I play it slow, and I was, like, uh, like messing <laughs> up. I was like, where do where do I even go? Because I think when you play it fast, your muscle memory kicks in and you stop mm-hmm. consciously processing what you're doing, which is good. Like it can be good, but then sometimes you end up playing something sloppy or kind of just like right, you know, fumbling over it. Um, but then when you slow it down, you're forced to articulate every note and um, pay attention to the timbre of every note as well. So right. I think you know you got to practice the whole spectrum of tempos and finally you know. Um, if you work your way up to like the normal speed, you can play that, but you gotta revisit playing it slow. Absolutely, good, good advice. I, I think it's uh, it's easy to get to just want to jump ahead of it. And yeah, just want to play it fast. Oh, I have guitar students where like I teach them something, and immediately they're trying to play it like my speed or fast. Sometimes faster. Oh, really? And I'm just like, uh, like you didn't really play it. Like you kind of just like fumbled over everything, and then <laughs> made something that kind of sound like what i played but yeah let's do it slow like note by note yeah yeah same same like uh and and the the idea of chunking i think that you mentioned as well Mm -hmm. chunking is so great for um processing information especially i view it like a video game like when i practice i'm like all right i divide up this thing into like levels it's like level one i conquer that i move on to level two Mm -hmm. then i revisit level one and then i do two and then i do level three and then i revisit level one two three nice and it's like that it's fun because then every single time I do a new part, I revisit the old stuff. So it's like I'm um, I'm simultaneously practicing everything else I know and learning this new thing, and it's kind of a fun challenge to like try to get it perfect ten times and move on to the next part. It right. makes it fun. <laughs> do you um, so with that? Will you sort of chunk things out of order as well and just be like grab the middle of a uh, let's say I don't know a solo section mm-hmm. and just be like I, this is the part that's really hard the beginning part's actually really easy that's might- it's important to be able to jump in at any point because sometimes when you're playing live if you mess up or something happens mm-hmm. you can't start from the beginning you have to like know where to jump in so those having little checkpoints in the song where you can like just randomly go in it's like really useful. I've definitely live a couple of times. Like I didn't use a strap lock and my guitar fell, so I had to like, oh. catch it and then like jump in immediately. Right. So, yeah. So having that knowledge just aids in, in your performance and, mm-hmm. and everything else. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, well, there's a couple of other things on the podcast. We've got a section of what have you been listening to. So. I'm going to ask you, what have you been listening to? What should we be listening to is really the question. Dude, I don't listen to anything like what I play. <laughs> that doesn't matter. I listen to it like... Dylan's been... a singer-songwriter, so like that's mm. that's like his thing. You know, white guys with guitars. Right. What, I've been listening to a lot says. of kids bop. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally joking for serious right now. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like really inspired by just like the voices of children. <laughs> Like <laughs> singing One Direction singing, songs, singing like Little Wayne, like. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I'm gonna cry over here. All of all of my like aspirations about this interview are now shattered. I'm sorry. Like let a limp biscuit. Like I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I've been listening to. There's this one composer that I'm like obsessed with. I've been listening to a lot of Icelandic Scandinavian music. Like I think I don't know what it is about the music that they produce but there's something just like kind of 
this sounds really pretentious. I'm just gonna say it. it sounds like deep. Like it just sounds. I don't know. Maybe it's like the culture or something, or maybe it's the fact that it's like super fucking cold and there's nothing to do and just like yeah. To look at. <laughs> What's um, weird is that I sort of I revisited a bunch of Bjork's stuff mm-hmm. recently. Um, just because it, it it's kept, really unique. Like, it is. It is. What, I, I mean, there's nothing quite like it. I it's not. It, 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 you wouldn't compare it to like Sigaros or something like yeah. that. But at the same time, just in what you're saying, like there's a, a depth in in what she writes, and, and it it's unusual, but it's still. I I don't know how to put it. It's like, like a I, quirkiness that like I don't know. It's like quirky and deep and like kind of. It's unpre- I feel like it's unpredictable, and that's yeah. what I enjoy about it. Um, it's something that I aspire to. I'm like still trying to break out of my comfort zone, but I don't know. I've been listening to this composer called Olafur Arnold. He's oh yeah, I love him. Yeah, I came up him. on my Spotify. Yeah, yeah, he's just wonderful. And then I've been listening to. I just went to this concert that basically blew my mind. I think it's the best concert I've ever seen. This guy. I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation. So I want to say Askiar, but I think it's like As. It's like Icelandic. I don't know how to pronounce it. I was literally Googling how do you pronounce his name earlier. It's like, <laughs> ask, ask it. I don't know. I, I'm not going to try. I'm okay. Gonna, I'm gonna, just in case I offend Icelandic people listening to this. I'm podcast. not sure we have anybody in Iceland right it's, now, at least according our, to our stats. We will now, thanks to you. <laughs> spelled A-S-G-E-I-R. Okay. Um, yeah, it's amazing, like kind of he does singer songwriter stuff but he combines it with like electronic elements so it almost sounds like it's like dance music but it's like deep beautiful dance music um and then i've been listening to this band my favorite band in the world mew Mm -hmm. from denmark and they make really really catchy um i would classify as like kind of like avant-garde-ish like pop cool but it's it's just so weird. Like I just love where they go melodically. It's always a surprise, and they um, sometimes they do stuff that's like it feels like it's in four, but then you like count it, and you're like, whoa, that whole thing's like whack. It's like in seven or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I recently saw them live too. Um, fractured my wrist at that show. What? So really, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When that, was that? Uh, like two or three weeks ago okay something like that so. okay but you're playing all right now i had to do a concert like the ne- like the next week so Whoa, i wore a brace that? and then um i played it, it luckily when you play guitar I don't, at least i don't really use my wrist so it's it, oh is it your right hand yeah my right hand okay so. well it's not as bad yeah this would have been bad this is not right, right. Hand's not as bad Agreed. so yeah that's that's what i've been listening to um just a lot of kind of chill chill stuff. oh i love hammock that's Oh really? Post rock band. They yeah. just released an album called Mysterium. Um, it's also like kind of really moody music. I think it's supposed to be about like mourning or something, but it's really melancholy and beautiful. And I don't know. I guess I'm just a dramatic person. I just like dramatic music. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, and then the and there was there was one one last question, and it's t- oh right, real basic question. What do you have coming up next, and where can people find out more about your stuff? Um, so, <laughs> I have, um, I have a tour coming up in the UK. Um, that's going to be with Chon. That's going to be oh really? Uh, yeah, sweet. It's going to be just a week week run, a two week run. Do you have Chon. any dates in Ireland for all um, of our Irish listeners here? I do not. 
unfortunately. It's going to be 12th of October, Nottingham, 13th October, Guildford, 14th of October, Leeds, 15th of October, Brighton, 16th is London, 17th is Bristol, 18th is Birmingham, 19th is Manchester, and 20th is Glasgow. Okay, all of those places, it's like 20 bucks from Ireland. So for oh. all of our Irish listeners, like, get there. Go see it. Yeah, I'd love to love to meet everyone. Sean and Covet, like, that would be, that oh, would be it's, awesome. it's just me. It's just you. Yeah, I'm going to be doing acoustic music, oh. which is really funny. Um, Matthew O'Callaghan, that's for you. Go see her. <laughs> um, I also have a solo acoustic tour after that in November. So it's November 10th through 19th, and that's just West Coast, U.S. Okay. So, um, yeah, those are all on my Facebook and stuff. And then after that, I'm most excited to go record in New York, new Covet album, finally. Oh, really? After Excellent. After two years. Um, yeah, we are doing another EP, and I'm really stoked. I still have a song to write, so... Get on it. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. And then just where where else can we find more stuff about you? You said Facebook. Anything else? Facebook is cool. Um, I post, I update my Instagram quite frequently. It's just my name, at Yvette Young. Um, Y-V-E-T-T-E-Y-O-U-N-G. Uh, I guess I don't really have, I don't use Twitter. I don't really. You've got some stuff on Bandcamp. Yeah, I have a Bandcamp. It's just my name again. Um I'm on iTunes, Spotify, all that jazz. So. Find it, get it. You heard it you here. You, can, you don't have to get it. No, buy it. Support good music. If you, Come don't, people. if you don't like it, I'm letting you know I won't be hurt if you don't get it. <laughs> I'm not forcing you to do anything. I'm forcing you to do things, people. <laughs> That's why I'm here. You can get my CD and throw it in the trash. No. <laughs> Shame. Shame and fie upon you, people. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, Yvette, thank you so much for being here, and um, yeah. Thank you. Thanks we'll, for having me. We'll continu- me. continue following you. So oh, appreciate All right. it. All right. Anyway, so hope you guys enjoyed the interview there. And uh, as as Dylan said, I it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to do. She was a great person to meet. Definitely check out those dates for those of our listeners that are in the UK and or Ireland. Like I said, it's twenty bucks. Get over there, see a show. It'll be a great show. And plus, you can have a holiday. Hooray! Anyway. Uh, <laughs> a little jaunt. Yeah, Dylan, uh, do you have any takeaways? Any thoughts? I, I really liked how she doesn't have like a main practice routine. She basically chunked, she talked about chunking, yeah. which is a word that about six months ago I'd never heard before. And since then, I may have heard it an estimated one billion times uh, for basically separating the work that you're you're doing and right. just putting in little chunks and working on it bit by bit and i think that's a really really cool way of 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 working because you know you get bored we all get bored right i'm looking at my phone right now we're all bored i'm joking how about you mean to you now now i understand i see Baby, don't, don't take it personally you know i'm not like that uh, you know you're my world yeah uh, <laughs> You know, they have a word for, like, phone snubbing now or something like that. So, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Guilty. Uh, yeah. How about you, Jim? What did you take from that interview? Um, I think one of the things that I really appreciated was her discussion on technique and that the idea that technique is, like, a tool. It's a toolbox, you know? Yeah. So the more tools that you have at your disposal, the better. But really, it needs to be about 
crafting a good piece of music, not just, look at the crazy stuff I could do, uh, which given the genre that she sort of plays in, kind of gent math rock thing, there's a lot of that where it's just, um, you know, someone who's up and down on both sides of the fretboard and they, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like playing Twister on the guitar. Yeah, exactly. And it looks like it too. And then when you, and it's initially like very impressive when you see it, but at the same time, when you pull it back and you go, okay, so what's actually happening musically? And you go, oh, kind of nothing. There's nothing I can take away from this. Um, instead, she obviously is is advocating for being able to to bring out more musical content through technique, not just technique for technique's sake. And I thought that's a really good really good piece of advice because a lot of times as a guitar player we're like oh i need to be faster or oh i can't sweep pick or oh i'm terrible at skipping strings like okay work on it but work on it for the reason of being able to play music not being able to do just a technique yeah it's, it's huge that's a great takeaway yeah cool so and which brings rate. us to our next section what have we been working on john what have you been working on? have you been working on anything has this inspired you to work on shit Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just come, yeah, definitely. And especially this interview came away with it. Was like, man, I gotta play more guitar. But yeah, one of the things that I have been working on with students is I put together kind of a, a guitar workout package. But a big part of that is compositional and phrase oriented. So cool. working on scales, but the whole point of scales is just being able to phrase things. So I've been trying to do some of my own writing based off of this. And I feel like I can, the more practice I put in just on the technical side of things, the easier it is to jump into, you know, writing a piece of music or writing, recording a chord progression, which I mentioned earlier, don't have the loop pedal, but maybe I should get one. Just putting stuff into logic and like, okay, here's a chord progression. And then can I do something with it or over it? And that's, that's kind of, it's, it hasn't been a very yeah. week. Hasn't been a very focused week, but in that sense, I've been, just trying to build some momentum in that direction. What about yourself? Hotel California, along all right. But it sounds like you're playing more guitar than you have done in months. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank God the thesis is done. So I, I told you guys. John, we said we never got it. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. We we thought we could go one podcast without mentioning it, but yeah, no. Apparently, we'll bet next week. Yes, as I mentioned, I've been uh, writing in, in full kind of sort of creative mode uh, somewhat. I went into the studio last week and I recorded, I'm very proud of this, with, we went, I went into the studio for my next EP with my, my own stuff, back, with my backing band. And in three hours, we got four songs down, all guitar, all bass, sorry, all drums, all bass. Um, and I'm taking home the demos to work on, but for four tracks all bass, all drums, uh, no click, just all of us in a room. And it's really, really cool. So my, my producer, who's a friend of mine, uh, turned to me at the end and went, you got all the bass and drums down and it's only costing you 60 euro, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and so I'm... Well done. Well done. Yeah. But that's the only thing people were asking. I talked to a few people and I was like, yeah, I just kind of flew through it. And they were like, how did you get those? We practice like once a week for the last two months and we just do the songs inside and out. So hey, this is like a plug for last week's episode. Bam! 
yeah. Let's go back and listen to last week's episode. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was really important. And as, as I said, I'm in uh, my, my grandma's house, uh, the new Stephen Sharp album, which is really fun. Uh, but it, it, it's also kind of challenging. Uh, Hello? Uh, yeah, we, we lost you. You were saying, and I'm in my grandmother's, and then it was just like okay. the audio trailed off. That's okay. Fresh cut? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm also in my grandmother's house uh, working on the new Stephen Sharp album, which is a challenge in that a lot of the chord progressions are very, very similar. So I'm forced to kind of figure out new ways to, uh, for example, if a song is in C, I'll stick a capo on the fifth fret and play it in sixth fret, fifth fret, fifth fret and play it in G. So like the whole kind of Eagles thing about kind of sort of transposing it um, just to kind of come up with new ideas. Um, just stuff like that. But no, it's been fun. And I'm really excited about playing these songs live. So yeah, what have you been listening to? Have you been listening to anything? Uh, yeah, yeah, as a matter of fact. So um, I, I was kind of in the mood for, I guess, some more mood music. And I came across... Steely Dan? <laughs> Say what? Steely Dan? Steely Dan. Oh, man. Yeah, another guy. Um, we, we didn't even talk about the passing of... Yeah, your man there from Steely Dan. So, Walter Becker. Walter Becker. Thank you. Thank you. Shame. Kid Charlemagne is was one of my first like Steely Dan solos that I worked on. Uh, Larry Carlton solo. Fantastic. Anyway, but uh, this week I came across a band, If These Trees Could Talk. So I hate that name. <laughs> so, I'll just tell you right now. Okay. Yeah, uh, post-rock band uh, came up on my Spotify after listening to And So I Watch You From Afar, who will be on the show in a couple of weeks and have yes. a coming out. So plug for those guys. Uh, great lads. Stay tuned for that interview because it was fantastic. Very excited. But anyway, um, yeah, so after kind of listening to some of their stuff, you know how Spotify just is like, well, you were listening to this, so maybe you want to listen to that. Yeah, and, uh, it, it's different. It's not the same sort of. It's not quite as uh, bouncy, I guess, mm. <laughs> as I might say. Uh, from and so I watch you, but uh, kind of more cinematic vibe to it. Cool guitar work, uh, typical post rock stuff. Lots of effects, great delays, that sort of thing. So definitely, unreal. I will actually check that out. Yeah, worth checking out. It's it is it's good driving music. It's good mood music. It's a rainy day here in Colorado, so it seems to fit today as well. So what about yourself? What have you been listening to? You can see why we Irish people love post-rock now, because of <laughs> the weather. Absolutely. Weather. Alcohol and post-rock, that's all, that's all we care about. <laughs> uh, yes, I have actually started this thing now on Instagram where I am listening, trying to force myself to listen to a new album every day. And once I have it listened to, I post it on Instagram with my album of the day in my story. So if people are interested, you can find me at Denial Murphy on Instagram. But yesterday, I listened to the horrors. That one L or two L? Uh, that Denial, yeah, two L's in Nile. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, my parents had a wicked sense of humor. So, yes, Bill and Niall Murphy. Uh, yesterday, I listened to the new Horrors album, which I was like, this is really, really, really good. I don't know the band at all, but somebody recommended that it was one of their albums of the year and it only came out last week. So I checked that out and it's like this wall of fuzz guitar. It's really Gary Newman, like synthy, just really kind of moody, but also got great beats. And then today I actually found time to listen to an album by a band that I'd never heard of before, but was recommended to me as well called by a band called Propagandi. Okay. Yes. It's like, it's kind of like pop punk, but it's just riffs and it's, 
fun. Maddie, if you're listening, you will like it. Uh, so yeah, apart from that, I, I as far as guitar wise, I, I'm still I've just finished learning the You Shook Me All Night Long solo, like I said I was going to, and I never want to hear that song again. <laughs> so gosh darn much. So yeah, God, that that is us for this week, friends. Thank you very much. Uh, you can find us on all socials. Uh, we are putting together a Patreon page for people who would like some bonus content. Yes. So, yes. Uh, well, one of the things that we are offering is exclusive ac- early access to the interviews because basically we've got a bunch of them banked. We just did um, another interview recently with a fantastic French guitarist named Christophe Godin, and he'll be on such a great guy. November. Such a great guy. Such a great player. Um, and then we, we also have a few banked other ones that we've told you about. We've got Neely Brosh coming up, and so I watch you from afar. So Patreon supporters will have ex- uh, exclusive early access to those. Um, we're working out T-shirt and merch designs that uh, supporters can also get. And, yeah, so th- those are a couple of things that we've got for you so far. We're not on Instagram as of yet, but maybe we should have a converse- conversation on how to, how to go forward with that. But... Cool. Friends, I actually thought of one thing I really want to share actually this week is a video that I saw that kind of changed everything for me a little bit last week, which was uh, a Bumblefoot video and talking about the most important guitar lesson that he'd ever learned. And I think if if I was to give anybody homework for it, it would be to watch this video about how we think about timing and how to improve your timing. I won't spoil anything, but it's 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 changed everything for me just listening to what he said and then realizing that what he, the problem he was talking about is a real problem for me uh, was before I jumped on it. Uh, it's basically, it's about playing before the beat. Um, uh, but it's really, really interesting and I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, that's my homework assignment for you guys. Uh, maybe we should start doing that. Be like your teachers, you know, be like your horrible, horrible school teachers. Uh, yes. Friends find us on Twitter. Uh, Almost all the videos, uh, the first eight videos are on YouTube now. Um, first eight podcasts, so you can find us there. The other ones will be up in the next two days. And uh, you can find us there. So, yeah. Hooray! Stay sharp, you beautiful people.